this episode of Signutron Sputron brought to you by The Punish Master. Have your cake and beat it too. What's up everybody? Ooh, boy, it's been a bit since we've done just a mishmash of fun episode. I don't know if that's what I'm going to call it. Uh, you know, the episode like the first one that I did, or the ones where we have a bunch of different segments and we have fun. Because, uh, you know, it's spirituality and all that shit is cool too, but also we got to remember to have fun. So I really appreciate all of you guys uh, listening, and uh, <clears throat> wow, my voice went out there. Um, yeah, no, what, fuck, where am I going with this? Um, yeah, I guess I should think of an opener before I start. But, uh, my point being is that super into the spirituality stuff, but also we got to have fun and don't forget to have fun. That's a very important thing. So this episode is all about fun. This reminds me of, oh my God, this reminds me of my face-off audition uh fun fact here we go there's a spontaneous intro for you fun fact i actually auditioned for face-off season two but they did not want me and i was really bummed about it and i it took me a whole until season seven to actually apply again because ranny uh convinced me to do it and i'm really glad that she did because i've got to meet so many wonderful people because i went on the show and you know i won that one time spoiler alert um, so when I auditioned for season two, I did it in person with monster at monster Palooza and I went in, I did a binge bug makeup on the hats. I actually applied that as a makeup on my forehead and the after, I don't know, I went in there and I was like, man, I don't know. I'm just going to, I'm going to be this fun, crazy, weird guy, you know, cause that's what TV wants. Um, <laughs> so I went in there and. I didn't really know why they didn't pick me until my audition tape ended up on Hulu somehow. I wonder if it's still there. Maybe you can find it. Uh, search Face Off, Sig Neutron Face Off Audition. But uh, I watched the video back and I thought I went in there and I was like totally nailed it. And I was just this suave, weirdo, awesome badass. You know, like that's, that's how it played out in my head. <laughs> I watched the video. This is not apparently how it played out in real life. In the video, I'm like, they're like, uh, what are you going to bring to the show? And I'm like, fun. I'm, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring fun. I, I like, I'm, I, I'm a fun guy. I like, to, I like to have fun. And I was like, oh my God, this is so fucking cringy. <laughs> like, no, just stop saying, stop saying the word fun. Stop saying that you want to have fun. Stop saying that you're a fun guy. Stop saying you're all about fun. How many times are you going to say fun? <laughs> Needless to say, they did not take me. And when I was going to audition for season seven, I was like, fuck this. You know what? I'm not going to be, try to be anybody. I'm just going to be myself. And I made this audition tape, which was the most bonkers, batshit audition tape they had ever seen. And I was, it was just a doc, me, basically it was film documentary style about me playing all the characters talking about me. Like I played my fake mom, my fake dad and like fruit leather daddy and a couple other people um and i was like they're either gonna love this or they're gonna hate it and you know what they loved it and if you find yourself saying they're either gonna love this or they're gonna hate this then you're probably doing something right so this is just a little little anecdotal story to tell you guys always have fun but always be yourself 
because that's what the world really wants to see. And let's say you did get famous for being somebody that's not you. Well, that sounds like a fucking nightmare, right? (laughs) So never be afraid to be yourself. Let it shine bright. Be you. Be fucking weird. And be as weird as you want to be. Or if you don't want to be weird, that's fine too. But, I mean, technically anything is weird, right? Because existence itself is fucking weird. (laughs) Well, I'm Sig Neutron, and this is a fun episode of, yeah, you guessed it, Sig Neutron Sputron. Sig Neutron Sputron. Sig Neutron So we just got back from Monster Palooza, and boy, I gotta tell ya, it was awesome. I mean, there were so many people that came up to the booth, and I was trying to promote the podcast, and they had already listened to it. And uh, a lot of people are loving and digging the podcast, and I can't tell you guys how much that means to me. Uh, this started as just this weird idea that I had, and I just wanted to spout about all the weird shit that uh, <laughs> that pops into my head all the time. And see, even me preaching all this be yourself, be weird shit sort of had, uh, I don't know if I would call it anxiety, but let's say reservations about uh, making a podcast. Well, you know, I was going to do it anyways, regardless. But I was like, is people even going to listen to this shit? <laughs> and you do you you put my shit in your ears all the time and and that makes me so happy because even more so like i know there are people out there that are just as weird as me and enjoy the weirder things in life (laughs) so this is a big old thank you to all the spewbies out there well maybe we'll call you spewbies i don't we need a name for i don't know if you guys have any names for people that listen to the podcast uh tweet me at signeutron some some ideas for <laughs> the names but i kind of like spewbies it's gross sounding <laughs> spubes oh my god spubes spubies and spubes <laughs> um guess what steve fucking johnson listens to my podcast and if you don't know who steve johnson is he's a fucking rock star special effects artist from like the the early golden era of special effects he he's the one that uh, came up with slimer uh, he worked on one of my favorite fucking films of all time, Freaked, and so on and so forth. And it turns out he's super spiritual, too. Never would have guessed that. I fucking love Steve Johnson. He is, uh, and if you, you should check out, you should get his book, Rubberhead, uh, if they're still available. I know I got mine on the Kickstarter. But guess what? He's down to be on my podcast. So here pretty soon, we're going to have Steve fucking Johnson. What's up, Steve? You're listening? I, I think you're listening. Well, I mean... Fuck, I'm talking myself into a corner. Anyways, yeah, Steve John- shout out to Steve Johnson, and uh, he's going to be a guest pretty soon. So look him up. Get his book in the meantime. So what else is new? Well, if you didn't catch the episode where I talked about it, I worked on Dragula Season 3, and it is on Amazon Prime right now. You should check out all of the seasons. Uh, you know, my, my pal Disasterina, she was on Season 2. And I've since uh, become friends with lots of the Dragula contestants, and they're all amazing and wonderful and weird in their own ways. So definitely check it out. If you don't know what Dragula is, it's, I hate to make the comparison, but it's kind of like RuPaul's Drag Race. It's a competition reality show where, but it's like if Drag Race or RuPaul's Drag Race was uh, directed by John Waters and trashy, they're all about the trashy horror side of drag, which I'm all about that. So 
yes, uh, definitely check out Dragula Season 3 and look at all the fun special effects uh, things that I did, the kill scenes. I didn't do all of them, every single one of them, but I did a pretty big chunk of them. Um, I don't know what the deal is, but Amazon Prime is like really royally fucking it up, man. Like all of the episodes are done and they have them like just waiting, but Amazon Prime either doesn't put an episode out or it puts an episode out early or it puts two episodes out in one day. So it's supposed to come out every Tuesday, but Amazon Prime is fucking it up hardcore. So hopefully they get that shit fixed, but it should every Monday night at midnight an episode drops. If not on Amazon Prime, check out on iTunes. So they put them on there. So yeah, because again, I've said it before, but the Boulay brothers are fucking awesome and they're super cool and they, they really they really care about the scene and promoting also people being weird and people being themselves. So is it some would say it's serendipitous that we met <laughs> and started working together um okay so you've heard me talk about how i believe that we channel divine truths into all of our media and lo and behold i start watching the dark crystal and fucking shit guys like this i don't know exactly how all the details line up but since i've gotten into spirituality and i kind of get an idea of what's like happening to the world if you want to know, then just think about the human beings as Gelflings and imagine Thra as Earth, and then you know what the fuck is going on here. I, I'm telling you, there are some fucked up powers that be, call them Illuminati or whatever, in power, and they've got the wool pulled over our eyes, and we just don't know our own strength as human beings, but we're just fighting each other, and it's fear and division, and it's just, it's, it's fucking bonkers, guys. Like, there are, there are some mad truths up in that shit, and it's time for the heroes of Thra to unite and save the planet. Like, for real. Look at the weather changing and shit. That's, that, I don't know, guys. I'm not trying to be all doom and gloom because... Again, like spirit and things wouldn't be guiding us and talking to us now if we weren't able to make a change and save the planet. So something to think about. I don't want to sound like some conspiracy theorist kook, but I guess I'm going to sound like a conspiracy theorist kook because the dark crystal is an allegory or a metaphor for what is happening in our lives. Just like the Matrix, there are so many, there are so many themes of this. We're asleep like they live like look at how many movies like their media is just pelting you in the face with these things and you don't even know it skinning the truths into media because as artists we are channels so what's up next on the list today all right so this episode i you know i just i started wondering a bunch of weird things and i was like you know what let's let's talk about some weird things i wondered the other day i was wondering why cooked meat smells so good that's pretty kind of fucking bizarre if you think about it. It's the dead flesh of an animal that we're just throwing on a flame and somehow it just smells so good. Why Why is that? Like, I'm a vegetarian now, and but I'm not going to deny that fucking meat smells fucking bomb. But <laughs> why is it? Well, I looked it up and there's kind of some scientific explanations and, and things. But uh, here, let me give you a rundown of why cooked meat smells so good. 
So I've also been doing some weird, you know, like interest in metaphysical quantum physics and things like that and how basically everything is light, which is weird. But there's this thing called the Maillard, Maillard reaction. And uh, that's what happens when the brown uh, pigments in cooked meat, that's, uh, you know, that's why your meat browns. It's the Maillard, Maillard, Maillard reaction. Uh, but it browns because the uh, the rearranging of amino acids and and certain simple sugars they with when oh my god when heat is applied <laughs> they rearrange themselves in rings and collections of rings that reflect light in such a way as to give the meat a brown color. Huh. The Maillard reaction or its absence distinguishes the flavors of boiled, poached, or steamed foods from the flavors of the same foods that have been grilled, roasted, or otherwise cooked at temperatures high enough to dehydrate the surface rapidly. In other words, at temperatures above the boiling point of water, these two factors, dryness and temperature, are the key controls for the rate of the Maillard reaction. Maillard reaction. I really should have figured out how to pronounce this before I did this podcast. <laughs> uh, another interesting fact is that as much as 95% of what we think of as meat's taste is actually its aroma. Hmm. Put that one in your pipe and smoke it. Also interesting to note, uh, e- even animals prefer cooked meat. Uh, so this Rachel Carmody of Harvard University, she offered her lab mice lab mice uh mini steaks so both roasted and raw and uh the animals went eagerly for the cooked meat and also they've tried it out on chimps and gorillas and orangutans and they always go to the any the cooked food which is really interesting also i didn't know this people kept talking about umami and i was like what's that besides umami burger but actually that is the uh, it's becoming to be known as the fifth taste uh, umami is Japanese for delicious, but it's coming to be known as a savory flavor. So there's salty, sweet, sour, and bitter, and also umami. So it's becoming uh, accepted by scientists and things as as a, as a new flavor. And apparently meat has a lot of umami. What's also interesting is that we learn the umami flavor before we're even born because amniotic fluid is loaded with glutamate, and glutamate is part of... Uh, what uh, has the umami flavor. So that's kind of strange, huh? (laughs) Speaking of uh, meat and eating thereof, uh, I also heard that biting a human finger off is kind of like biting a carrot. So I looked this up because, you know, inquiring minds want to know. So Newtons are a force or a measurement, you know, that's how they measure force is Newtons. So 200 Newtons, to give you an idea, is the force that it takes to bite through a carrot. But it takes 1,485 Newtons to cause fractures to a, to a finger bone. And the human, uh, human adult's maximum biting force ranges from 520 to 1,178 Newtons. So... Uh, don't know. I mean, maybe it's possible. I th- I looked up this story of this couple that were going to like bite their wedding re- wedding fingers off for some fucking strange reason at the knuckle and they succeeded in getting most of the way through but it was kind of sinewy and 
And then they just ended up severing them off. Like, what fucking... <laughs> hey, I'm not judging. Okay, I'm all... I can't, I can't uh, not condone that because I'm all about be as weird as you want, even if that involves biting the, consensually biting the finger off of your loved one. And that is the big, key operative word, consensually. <laughs> so, I, you know, you know me. Uh, I'm thinking about how much does it take to bite off a finger, and then I'm like, okay, well, now I got to look up uh, biting off a penis. <laughs> so, I don't know. I did I did some research, but I never really found a story of anyone actually biting a penis clean off. Um, I found lots of stories of attempts and maybe pieces of penises, but I, I don't know. They weren't that descriptive. And also, I don't know how long I wanted to spend looking up... Uh, <laughs> researching and trying to find someone who have, has actually bitten a penis off. I, I guess I had uh, other things to do. But however, it did lead me to uh, this interesting thing called a popfilation. So apparently, it's the biting of the biting off of the penis known in terrestrial slugs. <laughs> so slugs are hermaphroditic gastropod mollusks. Yeah. Put that one in your mouth and say it. <laughs> Stupid. Uh, it's been reported that some species of banana slugs, are areola max, <laughs> that's my kind of slug, uh, and in the distantly related Derosaurus lave, man, this is an episode of fucking hard to pronounce words. Anyways, uh, in, mating, in the mating of banana slugs, the penis is inserted into the body of the partner. The penis may become trapped, perhaps because of the actions of a special muscle, in which case the penis is gnawed off by either the partner or the owner. <laughs> they just, they're like, shit, my dick's caught. Are you going to chew it off for me? <laughs> That's an awkward conversation that you don't want to have with your uh, partner, <laughs> slug partner. Uh, apparently, no repa replacement penis grows, but the opopulated slug can mate as a female. How interesting is that? It has been proposed that preventing the partner from mating as a male might be adaptive in increasing its allocation of resources to the production of eggs. Huh. That's some real interesting shit, huh? Speaking of strange mating rituals, it reminds me of that time that I was in Las Vegas. <laughs> And this is post-face-off, post by the way. Uh, so I was kind of, no matter where I'm at, like, I think it's pretty cool that people even give a shit or recognize who I am. And it happens in the most odd, out-of-nowhere places. And it still happens to me, which I think is awesome. So if you ever see me out, don't be shy. Come and say hi. Um, except, <laughs> uh, so... <laughs> I mean, you know what? Everybody's got that got that box of uh, sexual fuckery. You know, you know what I'm talking about. The the box of the weird shit that uh, you know, P Pandora's freak box that, uh, <laughs> that that we all. If you don't have a Pandora's freak box, then live a little bit. Go to a sex shop. <laughs> Compile some some strange instruments of fuckery <laughs> and <laughs> live a little bit. Get get weird. Consensually, that is. Uh, anyways, I parked the car like way far away 
and I didn't realize how far of a long walk it was. And but I go back to get this uh, this Pandora sex box, and I'm walking through Caesar's Palace with this, and just this fucking box of dongs and and all kinds of weird shit. And I'm just like, fuck, man. <laughs> someone fucking recognizes me right now like oh god don't please don't ask me to take a picture with you (laughs) like i mean the the box you couldn't see through it but i'm just i knew if it was one of those totes that if i dropped it the lid would just fucking go every like fly off and all of its contents would fly out and i have a huge like younger fan base so i'm like oh my god all this takes is for me to like bend down to take a picture with a kid and then drop this box of of fucking fuck shit and (laughs) ruin this kid's life so i'm just like walking through trying to stare at the ground like don't don't look at me don't look at me so always come say hi to me uh if you see me out but if you see me with a black tote walk on walking to a hotel room maybe just uh don't say hi When you're a moderately famous reality star And your private life is a little more than bizarre Sometimes you don't want your photo taken You haven't lived until you walked a mile with a box of dongs All men are kind of fuckery, those chains and silly slongs Latex, handcuffs, hurdy things It's just another stay Oh boy, I didn't realize how I'm far from my car It's like a fucking mile walking through the crowd is hard Staring at the floor trying not to be seen Sorry kid, it's not you, it's me Cause if your tiny eyes were to see inside this box Your parents would most likely punch me out and call the cops So if you ever see me walking with a big black box Avoid me like I had the chicken pie. If you see me walking with a bun, now you know what's in in that bun. So avoid me like I had the chicken pie. Chicken pies, avoid me like I had the chicken pies. Avoid me like I had the chicken pies. If you see me walking with a box, cause now you know what's in the box. Now you know what's in the box. Now, there's absolutely no way that that disclosure is going to bite me in the ass at some point. <laughs> oh, good. Uh, I think uh, at that on that note, uh, let's let's take a break, and we'll be right back. Are you a sadist and a masochist, feeling a bit dominant and submissive? Well, now you don't have to choose. With the Punish Master brand spanking machine, you can slap yourself senseless like the putrid little worm that you think you are. Simply bend over the stylish cushions, 
grab hold of the hand pedals, and crank away. With each hit, the leather-bound steel paddles will remind you of your unworthiness. Don't want to throw off your dungeon's cold vibe? Punish Master's rugged design fits perfectly even into the most intimidating torture chambers. The Punish Master is the first choice in self-inflicted abuse. Punish Master, now you can have your cake and beat it too. Funny story about the Punish Master that's actually, uh, we actually made one once and took it to Burning Man, and it was a real big hit. But <laughs> Get it. Yeah. Uh, but it really was. People just could not get off of the thing. It got broke, like, so many times. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, I got a new little segment for you. A little ditty of a segment for you that I like to call... Instagram Spotlight gonna tell you all the good shit Instagram spotlight gonna tell you what is good right? <coughs> seriously follow these people <coughs> yeah, follow these people so what with social media being terrible and visibility being really hard for artists and creative weirdos I've decided to start a new segment on my podcast and Give shout-outs to all the weird folk that I follow and why you should follow them. So here we go. What's, uh, who's up first on the list? All right, so up first on the list is Hyena Gallery. At Hyena Gallery. H-Y-A-E-N-A Gallery. And if you don't know the Hyena Gallery, it's an amazing gallery in Burbank run by Bill, who is amazing and awesome and always got some weird shit to... To post about um well first of all you should go to hyena if you're in burbank and uh because you know support local art and uh local people doing their thing and that's yeah hyena is an amazing place for all kinds of fucking fly flying at me motherfucker <laughs> so uh, that's not related to hyena um so yeah no uh it's an amazing place with uh, dark art and all kinds of just punk rock art, weird shit, off-the-wall stuff. I've shown there a couple times. Uh, check them out. But the Hyena Gallery Instagram, uh, Bill always posts some, in addition to what's going on in the gallery, he posts a lot of stories of just bizarre happenings, maybe serial killers, murders, some true crime stuff, also some just some weird shit, some cult shit. Give him a follow, and I, I just love his stories that he posts because uh, I'm always learning something new. And he's going to be a guest uh, on the podcast here pretty soon. So I'm going to have him bring some strange happenings in the in the real world to share with us as well as uh, we'll, we'll talk about uh, what he up to and how he came to open up Hyena and all that stuff. Uh, up next, we got Rock in Rules. Rock in in the letter N, and then rules with a Z. Uh, this is an artist that I found that tagged me because their art uh, was, I don't know, they were bummed out because some people weren't getting their art or considered it offensive or whatever. And I was like, dude, you you do you, man. Your art is amazing. It's very, um, it's very racy. Um, and it's very um, kind of, I don't know, like, sexual but blur blurring the line of masculine feminine sort of androgyny 
um, very inspired by rock and rule, the, the film and the character mock. Uh, I just love, I just love rock and rule style and just the super strange and just dark sexuality. Like, Oh, I, I don't know why I'm attracted to this thing, but I am. And, uh, <laughs> so yes, it's awesome. Check them out. They're also part of the cigarette pack, um, which Again, you should join the Cigarette Pack, too. There's an invite link at my Twitter, at Signutron. I have a pinned tweet. Click the invite link. Come and join us and share your weird art with us and uh, be a part of our community. Up next, we got my friend Poimond. With his, his, uh, his Instagram is at Poimond Corsets, P-U-I-M-O-N-D Corsets, C-O-R-S-E-T-S. Uh, Poimon makes the most amazing corsets, and if you are in the market for a corset, then you need to hit up Poimon because he's the best, and it's amazing. So check out his stuff. Next up, we got at one more fix Liz Lopez. She is an amazing, I guess, dark artist. You could say she has this fantastic like pencil sketches and thing. I just love her style and her mix of like creepy hands and skeletal figures and some religious themes thrown in there she's badass and she's actually going to be another guest coming up pretty soon this is kind of uh giving you like a little rundown of guests that gonna come up (laughs) on the podcast too imagine that definitely check her out at one more fix up next my pal uh chris marchwinski um, he is an amazing dark artist, and his Instagram is at Christian M Design. Uh, check him out. He's a super weird body horror bio, dark, scary things. Uh, I just love his paint. I love his style. I love everything about it. So check him out. And also, yeah, I'm going to try to get him on the podcast, too. He doesn't know yet, but if he's listening to this, now he knows. <laughs> Up next, we got... Uh, some of my favorite sculptors here, a little, little bit of sculpting session uh, or segment. Uh, so at Russ Lukic, R-U-S-S-L-U-K-I-C-H. Russ Lukic, is, uh, he's an effects dude, works out here in the industry, and I just fucking love his sculptures. They're fucking badass, and he does a lot of sculpting for film, uh, and you've probably seen some of his stuff on the big screen, so check him out. Next up, another sculptor. We got at Stone Left. So S T O N E L E F T. This person blows my mind with their sculptures. They're so detailed, especially the way they do fabric. Fuck, like they do like every tiny little stitch and every wrinkle and fold looks so fucking good. I'm always blown away. So check them out at Stone Left. And now we come to one of my last but not least, uh, one of my favorite sculptors of all time, at Spider Zero. Spider and Zero. Uh, Well, just Spider Zero. Um, Simon Lee is fucking amazing. He is so fast. Like, I don't know how he does it. He just, like, pumps out these amazingly beautiful, crazy, weird creatures that are just so intricate and and alive and the way he does posing and just form like he's a fucking genius man so at spider zero definitely check him out and just like watch this out he also has classes too i think he teaches sculpting so check him out highly recommend taking his classes because i you know shit i'm a sculptor and i'm even thinking about taking one of his classes <laughs> so 
Well, that's it for the new segment of the Instagram Spotlight. I'm gonna. That's gonna be a regular thing because I want to help. I'm all about helping people get their stuff seen, especially in this day and age where it seems like the medias are against us. So, yeah. Hey, guess what? Uh, you know, I, I don't know what your guys' favorite segments are because you don't tell me. So tweet at me sometime, at Signutron, or email me or something. Let me know what you guys' favorite segments are because otherwise I'm just going to keep doing the ones that I like. And that means it's time for... Dumb bullshit you can know And it won't change your life And it won't pay your taxes And it won't call your grandma when you should And it won't take your drinking problem But it might make you look cool at a party Get them digits Did you know that Gene Simmons owns the trademark on the Moneybag logo? <laughs> That guy just really loves money. Did you know flamingos bend their legs at the ankle and not at their knee? The knee is actually up closer to their body. How about by slowing their heart rates, sloths can hold their breath for up to 40 minutes. Wow, sloth, way to go. Did you know it's impossible to hum while holding your nose? You just tried it out, didn't you? Doesn't work. Fruit Loops are all the same flavor. <laughs> I don't know if I believe that one. Goldfish actually have a memory of about three months and not five seconds. Shaving your hair does not make it grow back thicker. It only seems to grow back because it grows back with a blunt tip. Gum actually passes through your system if you swallow it, even though I think you're a fucking weirdo if you swallow your gum. And that's it for dumb bullshit. <laughs> that song just makes me so happy. Oh, I can't get enough of the dumb bullshit song. Oh, well, I like learning weird shit, as you all know. So why don't we get to some weird word shit in a segment that you all know as... All right, so up first we got, if you guys don't know, if this is your first time listening to this podcast, idiom, if you don't know what an idiom is, it's those weird phrases that we say, and most of the time we have no idea that we say them, and I'm fascinated by this. So first up, for instance, we got beat around the bush. Why the fuck do we say beat around the bush? <laughs> well, this common phrase is thought to have originated in response to game hunting in Britain. While hunting birds, participants would beat bushes in order to draw out the birds. Therefore, they were beating around the bush before getting to the main point of the hunt, actually capturing the birds. Idioms. Here's another one that I thought I had heard before, but, you know, maybe it's a, not as popular, but it's a, a read the riot act. You ever heard anybody say that? Well, it most likely comes from the real riot act. It was actually passed by the British government in 1714 to prevent unruly assemblies. 
uh, 18th century King George and the government were fearful of being overthrown by supporters from the previous Stuart dynasty. So if crowds of more than 12 assembled, well, look the fuck out, because the authorities would read them a portion of the Riot Act, upon which they must leave or be imprisoned. So if someone is behaving in an inappropriate manner, then we could say, read them the Riot Act. So that's to get them to stop being unruly. Idioms. Next up, we got spill the beans. Uh, where did spill the beans come from? Oh, God. Well, that's a big tricky because there's, uh, there's no clear-cut answer. That's an idiom right there, clear-cut. I should look up. I'm just defining idioms with idioms. Anyways, uh, most people think that it comes from the ancient Greek voting process that involved beans. Uh, people would vote by placing uh, colored beans in a vase. One of two colored beans, a white typically meaning yes, and uh, a black or brown meaning no. And uh, then if somebody spilled the beans, then they would spill the secret results of the election. So spilling the beans is related to revealing secret information. That one was really fun. Idioms. Glad I know that now. All right, up next we got the proof is in the pudding. The pudding pops. I don't even know if it's even funny to do Bill Cosby anymore. Um, maybe, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But anyways, the proof is in the pudding. Well, uh, it's going to have a lot of... Uh, has a, has a lot of definitions, actually, but um, might be an Americanization of an old British idiom that reads, the proof of the pudding is in the, the eating. <laughs> what, a, what a British thing to say. Americans are like, the proof is in the pudding. <laughs> the British are like, the proof of the pudding is in the eating. <laughs> so posh sounding. <laughs> I mean, the British version kind of makes more sense, but the Americanized version is kind of nonsensical. So you can use it actually in a multitude of situations. Um, but apparently the word proof was synonymous to test in the 16th century. Uh, so that's when they thought this idiom surfaced. Pudding was also very different than uh, what it was today. It was more of like a minced meat dish. So the true test of the success of a pudding dish is in how it tastes. So that one had not as exciting history than I thought, but you know what? All the proofs in the pudding, and I didn't know until uh, eating it. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) All right, well, that's it for the idioms segment. Idioms. And now we're going to get to some fun stuff that I want to share with you in the segment that you all know and love. There is a whole world out there of weird shit that you should put into your sensory orifices. G-Rex on, I'm on relay some information. G-Rex on, G-Rex on, G-Rex on, I'm on relay some information. Alright, what have I got for you to get wrecked for today? Well, first I want to talk about Bill Plimpton. If you don't know, then you better ask somebody. 
or I'm axing you right now. Um, I think Bill Plimpton had some stuff on liquid television, but super crazy, ridiculous, surreal animator. Uh, his stuff is fucking awesome. And I actually met him at San Diego Comic-Con and he drew a picture of me. And it was back in the days that I used to drink a whole lot and I have no idea what I did with it. So I'm hoping that uh, Bill Plimpton's sketch of me will turn up somewhere. <laughs> Damn, that makes me sad. But I do have a signed copy of the recommendation I'm going to give you. I married a strange person. It's so fucking good. I love it so much. Um, let me just let me just read the synopses on the back of the Day Foul Day for you. That's German for DVD. <laughs> Um, so from animation genius Bill Plimpton comes this high-spirited and sexually charged comedy about a wife who realizes that the man of her dreams isn't quite what he seems. Oh, that rhymed. Carrie Boyer promised to love her husband Grant for better or for worse, but she never expected this. It seems as though an odd growth on Grant's neck has given him the ability to will his fantasies to life. In no time, he's torturing his annoying mother-in-law, dreaming up bizarre sexual adventures, and turning his wife's life upside down. But when everyone, but when everyone from an ambitious television executive to a hopeless Las Vegas comedian to an overly enthusiastic army colonel wants a piece of Grant's growth for themselves, it's up to this little lady to save her husband and her sanity. <laughs> so it's an animated film, and it's fucking bonkers. It's got the runtime of 72 minutes. Look it up. I don't know if it's on any of the streaming services, but it is fucking awesome, and I love it. So... There you go. Bill Plimpton, I Married a Strange Person. Next up, we got Barbarella. This is one of my favorite sci-fi films of all time and a huge inspiration for the sleazy universe of Sig Neutron. Uh, Barbarella stars Jane Fonda, and I had a super big crush on Barbarella. I mean, I don't know who... I don't know who doesn't. Um, the interesting thing about this is it's just... It's like one of those cheesy sexy sci-fi films um here i'll i'll read you the uh, synopses barbarella is marked by the same audacity and originality fantasy humor beauty and horror cruelty and eroticism that make comic books such a favorite the setting is the planet lithion in the year 40,000, when barbarella makes a forced landing while traveling through space she acts like a female James Bond, vanquishing evil in the form of forms of robots and monsters. She also rewards, in an uninhibited manner, the handsome men who assist her in her adventure. Whether she is wrestling with black guards, the evil queen, or the angel Pygar, she just can't seem to avoid losing at least part of her skin-tight spacesuit. <laughs> oh man, I think I've, I've been trying to get Cecil Porter to give me a tattoo of this for a long time, and I think... I, I got it. I got to hit him back up. That has a beautiful cover. Um, yeah, you know what I thought is real interesting about this? I mean, there is just boobs galore in this film and, and boning galore. And it's only rated PG. <laughs> so it came out in 1968. And it is one of my favorites of all time. I love it so much. Barbarella, Barbarella, blah, 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 blah. It's so good. Just from the very beginning, you're going to be like, oh, shit. Yeah, this is this is some money. Up next, we got Feast. 
If you haven't seen Feast, it is a wonderful little action flick. Uh, it actually turned into a trilogy, but I didn't know this when I first saw the uh, the old, uh, what you call it, uh, the first one. Uh, it's directed by John Gulliger, who is uh, Clue Gulliger's son. And Clue Gulliger was one of the guys in Return of the Living Dead. He's a phenomenal actor, and I, I love him. He's great. Um, so what does the back have to say about it? From executive producers Wes Craven, Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, and Chris Moore comes the incredible horror extravaganza Feast, uh, whose production was chronicled on the third season of Bravo's hit reality series Project Greenlight. What? I didn't know that. Holy shit, I'm glad I read the back of this. Oh shit, I should uh, go watch the Project Greenlight about this. Well, that's fucking sweet. Well, what's it about? When a motley crew of strangers find themselves trapped in an isolated tavern, they must band together in a battle of survive- for survival against a family of flesh-hungry creatures. Terrifying and full of surprises, Feast turns to sc- the screen blood-red as the group is devoured one by one. Directed by first-time filmmaker John Gulliger. Oh, this was his first film? Nice. The ensemble cast of rising stars includes Balthazar Getty, yes, Henry Rollins, uh, Josh Zuckerman, Judah Friedlander, Jason Mewes, and Krista Allen, Jenny Wade. Um, I I gotta tell you, I don't. I'm not gonna spoil anything, but the manner in which Henry Rollins is used in this film is fucking amazing. So <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. Um, it's real good. Uh, the second two. I feel like they just kept trying to outdo themselves, and I'm all about some ridiculous shit, and I need to go back and give them, give it a, another shot, because I just love weird, bonkers shit, but I remember them not being quite as, they were definitely way more ridiculous than the first, but I don't think they're as good, if that makes sense, um, but they're definitely bad good, and you should check them out, but the first one is my fave. All right, up next we got Electric Dragon 80,000 Volts. This is a fucking awesome punk rockish kind of film directed by Soko Ishii. Uh, it stars Tadanobu Asano. I, I love Tadanobu. He's like the, or he was like the uh, Japanese Johnny Depp. He's just like super cool, <laughs> awesome dude. So this film's all in black and white, and the cover is amazing. If you just look up Electric Dragon 80,000 volts, you'll see some cool shit. Uh, But the back says, there is no higher voltage. Reptile investigator Dragon Eye Morrison, yes, reptile investigator, has possessed high-voltage superpowers ever since a childhood accident at a power station. With megawatts of power coursing through his body, he discharges he discharges his surplus energy by playing high-voltage rock and roll with his electric guitar. He spends his days looking for lost lizards in the alleyways of Tokyo, and his nights fighting the reptilian part of his brain that is making him increasingly violent. A shadowy figure named Thunderbolt Buddha soon surfaces and begins following Dragon Eye about town. A former TV repairman turned supervillain, Thunderbolt Buddha uses his high-powered love of technical devices to aid his evil plans. Powered up to the max in his electrical bodysuit, the two finally come face-to-face in an all-out electrified rock and roll battle for the supremacy of Tokyo. My god, reading the back of this, how do you not want to see this film? (laughs) Electric Dragon, 80,000 volts. You gotta see it. It's it's so good. It's so very, very good, and I love it. 
And last but certainly not least, we got another uh, bizarre Asian film called Battlefield Baseball. And it's from the team that brought you Versus, which Versus is also another amazing film they should watch. Um, but this one is just another gory, wacky, weird film. I, I just love Japanese like splatter cinema, man. So what's it about? The baseball diamond is not just a place to play sports. No, it is a coliseum where gladiators wage war for their very lives with bats, balls, and gloves. It is a boxing ring. It is an arena of death. It is, like love, a battlefield. Oh. Sato High has a championship baseball team until they clash with the living dead zombies of Gato High who rip off their heads, pull out their arms, and explode their guts in a display of fighting baseball skills that will make your blood run cold. Now the coach of Sato High turns to the loner, Jubei, with his fantastic pitching skills to save his team from total annihilation. The bad guys are rubber dummies and zombie baseball fighters who look like Halloween costumes gone wrong. Dogs talk, cherry blossoms waft through the air at inappropriate moments, and kinetic cutting that defies logic, com- defies common sense, and achieves greatness by wallowing in filth and bad taste. Bodies fly through the air, giant hammers are wielded, and a cult is born. If you have ever hated team sports, this movie is your friend, says Grady Hendrix from SubwayCinema.com. <laughs> oh, man. It's got Tak Sakaguchi in it. Oh, yeah, Ryohei Kitamura was the producer on this. Dude, he th- ended up doing the fucking Godzilla movie. So that's pretty pretty nuts. Um, yeah, Battlefield Baseball. Check it out. It is lovely. You won't be disappointed. All right, we're going to round out the podcast here with our last segment. Because we got, uh, let's see, uh, let's crack open the old Encyclosleasia Shatanica and read about, learn about uh, some kind of crazy critter in my universe. What is it tonight? Let's find out. Tonight on Encyclosleasia Shatanica, the binge bug. Infesting seedy bars around the universe, which is Basically, every bar in the universe. Binge bugs are parasites that prey on lightweight patrons. Without the means to directly ingest the drugs and alcohol they need to survive, the binge bugs usually wait in the shadows until someone passes out from drinking too much. Hmm. Then, they squish their way over and latch themselves onto the victim's head. Upon awakening, The host is overcome with the urge to consume copious amounts of alcohol and drugs before the binge bug liquefies their brain and sucks up the substance-laced brain soup. The binge bug then detaches and crawls off to wait for the next unfortunate life form. This process leaves the victim completely brainless, resulting in a condition known as the binge bug blues. Once in this state, those afflicted are practically walking corpses left with only the most basic motor functions. These zombies are too stupid to be dangerous, but they have become a problem in areas in which they overpopulate. One can imagine, crowds of unintelligent bodies milling about can get pretty obtrusive. 
Bar owners don't bother to exterminate binge bugs if they have an infestation. Let's face it, an organism that forces people to consume drugs and alcohol is good for business. Bartenders have even been known to purchase and keep binge bugs as pets. Well, that's it for this installment of Encyclopedia Shadanaga. Thank you and good night. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode as much as I did spewing it out. Well, I'm Sig Neutron. You can find me on all of the the social medias at Sig Neutron uh, on Twitter and Instagram. Also, Ranny and I just opened up a Patreon. Uh, it's patreon.com slash ransig. And I'm telling you, you guys want to subscribe over there because it's going to be, if you dig what we do and you like our shit and you want to see it, well... You don't have to worry about the social media algorithms not showing you our stuff because we've got, that's going to be our hub for all of our updates. We're going to do vlogs. Maybe we'll do even like some special Patreon exclusive um, podcast and, you know, little vlogs saying hi. It's a way for us to like interact with the community and create weird shit and your support can help us create even more weird shit. Uh, what do we post over there? Well, we have nine years of unreleased photos, behind-the-scenes photo shoots, uh, weird lip-sync videos. We're going to start posting some of the old Bizarro Go-Go stuff up there. If you've never been able to get the book, you, you can see some of the Bizarro Go-Go stuff and behind-the-scenes up there. And we might even be posting some of the stuff we shot for the second Bizarro Go-Go book that hasn't been published yet. And I don't know if it ever will. But... All of this stuff is exclusive to the Patreon, so please, uh, you can subscribe for like a dollar to help us out, uh, or up to five dollars, and you get all the sexy photo shoots and stuff, and who knows, uh, Randy's got plenty, but who knows, maybe I'll do a sexy photo shoot for all the Patreons. Hmm, wouldn't you like to see that? I don't know. I don't know if anybody would, but I'm just going to do it because I think it's fucking hilarious. So, patreon.com slash rancig. And the more we get, the more we're going to be, like, the more ridiculous shit we're going to be able to do. And we're going to ask the Patreons, like, help us decide the next makeup and character to bring to life. So, if you want to be a part of our community, get up on that Patreon. And the more people we got, the more ridiculous we gonna get. Also, you can find me on Twitch, twitch.tv slash signeutron. Uh, also, please join the cigarette pack, uh, which is our other community. You don't, it's totally free to join. Just uh, go to my Twitter, at, at signeutron, and click the invite link on my posted, my highlighted or pinned tweet at the top. I think that is about... Oh, uh, YouTube. Check out our youtube.com slash bizarroagogo, A-U-G-O-G-O. To see all the weird shit. I make music videos of the songs you hear on this very podcast. And also other weird videos and things. So check us out on the YouTubes. And uh, yeah, I think that's about it. So remember, until next time, keep it weird. Stay open-minded. And uh, I was really trying to think of some, some other outro there. I don't know. Until next time. That's fucking lame.